The South Congress Podcast is a lifestyle show that sometimes crosses over into mature territory. The views expressed are those of the hosts and guests who come from different backgrounds and experiences. Listener discretion is advised. This is the South Congress Podcast, episode 108. My name is Cameron. Um, Last week, we were able to be in a position where our regular co-host, um, whose name we're not allowed to say because he doesn't know like, how to talk and also teach children. Um, he can't balance those. So um, he was back last week. And, you know, we hope to get back to some normalcy here pretty soon. But we're going to kind of continue um, our path of having a special guest. Now, this special guest is funny because... He makes it a point every time we do something together to remind me that I've never had him on the show as a guest. Um, this week, we were actually going to have um, someone who works in the medical field on the technology side to talk about how they've been affected by COVID-19. Um, some schedules got mixed up, so he's actually a bit busy. So, of course, I call in the guy who says I have him on as a pinch hitter because – I don't know, because that's what I do, right? Um, it's funny, as I talk about how this person says I don't value them, they're actually my favorite podcaster. Um, how do you even introduce this person? So, um, my favorite host on the MTR Network, uh, Movie Trailer Reviews, um, host of UDP, the Undisputed Pod, to me, the very best podcaster in the world of comic books, um, and one of the very best in the world of sports. My man, D Palm. Palm, how are you? I want to recap that for everyone. <laughs> he said, every time we're on things together, which full stop, every time he's on my platforms. Like I, I want <laughs> I point out that he's never even invited me on one of his. He knows what he, I'm not done yet. Okay. <laughs> he knows what time I record my podcast because again, he's been on it repeatedly. It's at about noon on Sundays. It is 7:30 p.m. He sends me an Instagram message. Hey, what are you doing? Can you talk for 45 minutes? And now he's put me in a position where I can no longer say you've never invited me. But it's perfectly reasonable to say, hey, on five minutes notice, I can't come do your podcast. But because I, because I am a professional, I'm here, and I'm honored to be here, finally invited. We said episode 108? This is episode 108. That's it took, wild. It took a minute. <laughs> First of all, let's be really real. Congratulations. Most podcasts don't break 50. 108 is a huge number. Uh, thank you. <laughs> Secondly, wow, that's a lot of episodes you didn't invite me on before. So, before so it was literally the last. Like, oh, what am I going to go on? Palmer, baby. <laughs> so as you say, you don't. As you say, like I do value Palmer because I think he's nice and good at these things. That's not valuing me. That's valuing my work. Know the difference, <laughs> sir. So we're here. I'm excited to be here. Thanks for having me. It's great. So as I, as I crack up, here's the best part. So um, on your show, you um, did cover the uh, the last dance so far. Um, every, every Tuesday morning, we're dropping a new episode where we talk about the Sunday night episodes. Someone in my life uh, this week, we've got UD Pod's got Felder as the normal show, which 
I say normal, but it's an hour and a half of me and Felder just talking about sports. Um, and then the Tuesday episode is going to be Natter from everywhere else in the world, from uh, Carolina, talking Jordan Doc. So we're very excited to have those last two up. So everybody should go and listen to you guys talk about that. Um, sports guys, athletes, um, again, people around my age group who kind of, I mean, not that we didn't live through it, but we were children, children, and most of this stuff is jumping off. And so to me, uh, um, and you can correct me if I'm wrong, like my first, I always knew who Michael Jordan was, but kind of my understanding of Michael Jordan as me being ascension being is really that last shot. Like that's where it starts. Oh from, man, see, you know, um, I'm a little older than you. Okay, and so I'm I'm cognizant, and you got to remember, I'm the generation that was raised on legitimate, like everyone uses the trope Saturday morning cartoons. Not nigga, there was an eight to eleven thirty block of. On this channel was just cartoons for kids. Yeah. And at eleven thirty, they dropped inside stuff, which is the NBA's, yes. NBA's NBA's youth propaganda machine that brainwashed thousands, millions of children and gave us the basket bloggers of today. That's why that's why that happened, by the way. Who's better in a singular role? Ahmad Rashad in inside stuff. Or I don't know Michael Scott in the office. Like who's better at a you, single I you, I TV show? Say, I thought you were gonna say who's a better weed carrier, Madra Shad or uh, Jimmy Hart? Oh um, my god! <laughs> I was being in a joke. Um, <laughs> I'd say it's a Madra Shad because his job there. was be Michael Jordan's best friend. Yeah, and he's like, I can, I am that. Like, great. I come talk about it. Yeah. I can do. But Madra Shad's cutaways, he wouldn't talk about the game. Yeah. He put sideline reporting back 50 years. Uh-huh. So Girl, where the Doris Burke Terminator that no, is hunting down Ahmad Rashad. That's why Doris Burke, if, if Ahmad Rashad stumbled so Doris Burke could cross him over, I'm all for it. <laughs> so here's it's so much fun being on someone else's show. Yeah, right? You could just... I don't just about anything. <laughs> I just talk. So here's what I wanted to do. Um... I was having a conversation earlier today about uh, about all timeless, and, and here's where I stand on all timeless as far as pro wrestling goes. Oh. Um, and, and it's not even fair who it was. And I'm gonna I'm not saying this to be mean to him because I don't know him, but the thing that he did just kind of has a bigger signal boost than when most people do it. But it also kind of explains why I have a problem with it. So. Uh, I think it was like uh, Bleacher Report Wrestling or somebody, right? They were like, who who are your top five all-time WWE wrestlers, right? And Derek Carr responded. And I'm not going to get his list exactly right, but it was some variation of Steve Austin, The Rock, Goldberg, Hulk Hogan, Shawn Michaels, right? That's not a terrible list. No, no, no. Absolutely not a terrible list. How the age he is, it's not a terrible list. Exactly. And that's where my problem kind of comes in. So if your entire wrestling history is a five-year span, you shouldn't be making all-time lists. Like, you should just call... She'd be like, I'm I'm not qualified to answer that. That'd have been fun. Now, that's a hilarious answer. Sure, but you should say, my favorite. This is who I liked when I was watching. Just because, like, you wouldn't let... You wouldn't let... If somebody made an all-time list for the NBA, and they said, Braun, D-Wade, 
KD, Westbrook, James Harden. You'd punch them dead in their face. Well, I would laugh at that person and be like, go watch anything before 2011. And I'd walk yeah. away. And that's, and, and, yeah. And I'm not, like, offended that a wrestler you're, you're a little, was, You're a little offended. Uh, it's it's not offense. It's a it's just a why. <laughs> it's like well, okay. So to devil's advocate here, Derek Carr. Did Derek Carr? How did we get here with Derek Carr? Why are we asking Derek Carr about the WWE? Sure. Is sure. he a professed fan? Is this is this something that he is coming in his bio? If it's not, reporter guy. Hey, Mark, shut up. <laughs> it's not about you. Sure. And I mean, I just think that with, with things like all timeless, um, yeah, it's tough. It's always they should. Yeah, they're super difficult. I think that there are like five people who should make them. You know what and I mean? That's the and, thing, and that's the thing is, so either everyone's got a list, or there's only should be two or three out there. And mm. I'm an everyone makes the list guy because I don't care about your list. I don't care about my list, honestly. And it's also fungible. Like there's a run where I'm like, nah, man. Uh, Post two thousand, put Seth Rollins in, in, in on the uh, Mount Rushmore. And now I would think that. Yeah. And there are times yeah. there are times when I will make a legitimate, like, weird case that Chris Jericho is the greatest professional wrestler I've ever seen because he did all the indie stuff that we asked him to do, and now he's settled into the Ric Flair portion of his career. Yeah, I think that if you go, you can look at Jericho wrestling Juventud Guerrero, and then you can look at Jericho wrestling The Rock, then you can look at Jericho wrestling Shawn Michaels and just be like, yeah, like, that's that's the guy. And then Jericho Omega. Yeah. And, and even if things are a little different, little, but the pacing's there, the storytelling's there, the things that make a wrestler a wrestler are still there. Yeah. The kick sure. moves. Eat shit. It's not about the moves. You, you're you missing the point. Yeah. And then you add in the guy's bank account, and you're like, you know what? Yep. No! Legend of the Bank! <laughs> yeah. He, dude, he's a, name the other wrestler in all those VH1s, I love the 90s, I love the 2000s pop-up video bullshits. I'll wait. Name the other wrestler on Dancing with the Stars. There's also like that risk of this isn't my world, but I'm going to jump into it and see how long they'll accept me. Who very people can't do and people don't do. Like he's he's special in that aspect, and he shouldn't get left off those lists. Um, but again, like again, I'm not offended that everybody makes a list. I just think that if so many lists are stunted, there should be less lists. But I digress. That's fair. So here's what I want to do. Um, Palm, who knows. A lot about everything. Um, I'm just gonna keep gassing you. <laughs> no, no, my wife. The thing is, you say it with like kindness in your voice. My wife gets so goddamn frustrated with me because like something will come up and I'll know like a reference to it and I'll like, know the year. And she's like, "What is wrong with you?" Yeah. She thinks that I've got some sort of I'm on some sort of spectrum. She has no, at, at least six years of my life where can you just shut up? <laughs> like yeah, just can you yeah, not? No, that's, that's that's a lot of my life. Yeah, for sure, that's too much of my life actually. Yeah. So, combining sports and okay. combining comics. Okay. Um, one of my favorite comic lines for a long time, and not because the books were always good, but because the cover art was always so good. I loved What If. I loved What If from Marvel. Um, just seeing the art of, you know. Punisher as Captain America. Right. It's just like, oh, this is great. Like, I love the idea of it. I want to talk about some sports what ifs and okay. let Palm just really discuss what he thinks may have happened, was going to happen, if some things went slightly different. Um, full disclosure, I finally watched uh Superman Red Sun two weeks ago. Oh, like, here, that's how we got here. Yeah, so and again, this is a book I've read for a long time, but I thought that the cartoon actually did it justice. I haven't seen it. I haven't seen it. I haven't paid yeah. for uh, DC Universe since they finished Young Justice. Um, yeah. 
Which I was just, I love Genesis. Um, but yeah, no, I love Red Sun as a story. I love the DC animated stuff, so I'm pretty sure I'd like it. Um, yeah, can you get me started? Because again, you did this on 10 minute warning, you, sure. you asshole. Like, let's get our hurt out of the way first. I'm gonna do my hurt, then I'm gonna do your hurt. I don't so we'll feel be like done I need to it. hurt. I don't need to hurt. No, no, no hurt's important. If you want um, so let's start here. Okay, what if either Chris Bosch doesn't get that rebound or okay. Ray Allen misses that three in the 2013 NBA Finals and, and the Spurs win that series? What does that mean for who? I think it means nothing for the Spurs. For sure. It's just a robot at that point. And at that point, like a robot, like kind of on its last legs, but still doing amazing work. I think it keeps LeBron in Miami because I think they win the next year. Mm-hmm. Like if they lose that year, because you got to remember, like this is the year, I think this is the year of the 21 point streak. It's my favorite. No, no, I didn't even before this. One of those two seasons is my favorite NBA season of all time. It's my fa- It's the LeBron season that literally I, I look at it. I'm just like, that's not even fair. Like, what the fuck are you doing? Um, I think that if the Spurs win that title, the Heat walk away with it next year, and then we would have gotten to see the thing we all really kind of wanted to see: the Heat either at the waning part of their powers and the Warriors on the way up. We'd see. We've got to see at least one season of that. Yeah, yeah. I think that um, you know, just because I couldn't sleep for a year. Like does not actually mean that things are wrong. Like it was, I knew my feelings were selfish, and, and I mean that yeah, when I say I couldn't sleep for a year. Like they, they like we covered back, the fact that I was in the building when Tua beat Georgia. Right? Like I was, I brought my father. Yeah, yeah, oh, yeah, yeah. Um, <laughs> yeah, I don't think that. I think because Tim Duncan is a four and a five, I don't think he gets into that Jordan conversation because he's not a swing man. Like, I think you have to be a swing man and to even be there. And that's fine, but guess what? There was never there was never a single year where Kobe Bryant was the best player in the NBA. For sure. Multiple, there's multiple years where it's Tim Duncan, and the and the, then the, the trophy immediately goes to LeBron James. Yeah, St- Tim Duncan, a weird Steve Nash era LeBron and The Steve Nash era is a split vote between Nash and Kobe. If you look at the numbers, I'd still get the nod to, to Tim in the last one and then LeBron probably the, in the second. For sure, yeah. And, and, and again, we have to express, like, it's no slight to Kobe Bryant, who was, who I appreciate more, um, and not not in depth, but I went back and looked at those finals numbers with Shaq. When Shaq was averaging 28 and Kobe was averaging 27, I was like, oh, like, all, all the shit that I was talking, I should shut up. Because I've, I've always appreciated yeah. Kobe. I just, I, I, I've always, like, pushed back to the, like, forced lionization. Like, yeah, he was never as bad as everyone said he was, but he's also the guy who demanded to be traded to the Clippers while sitting on an Aston Martin. Like, he, <laughs> he sure. wasn't this, like, everyone's like, he stayed with one team the entire time. Like, not for lack of trying. Like, he almost ended up in the Bulls twice. Like, this is... Oh, Palm, <laughs> I haven't told you the story about me being at the bar across from my favorite bar. And, the other bar. Uh oh. See, that's yeah. always where a good story starts. Because yeah. you were at your favorite bar and you either saw someone or you knew someone or you wanted to go say hi to someone at the other bar and then something happened. Giving away too much game. So <laughs> I'm there and like there's like a guy who they're showing Kawhi highlights. And a guy's like, I can't stand Kawhi. And me being me, I'm like, well, why? He's like, because he's not loyal. I'm like, what to what? Ooh. He's like the Spurs. He was like, I just think like we built this 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 franchise off of being loyal and he's not. I was like, well, 
you do know Tim Duncan was going to go to Orlando, but they wouldn't let his wife on a private plane, right? And he's like, what? I'm like, no, that that's literally it. Like, he was going to go play somewhere else, which was his right as an, like, an employed person. Yeah, and they didn't accommodate him, so he didn't go. And he was like, dude, like, I don't want to talk about this. Like, I'm in the military, and I believe in loyalty. And I was like, well, I I, I hope you understand that the thing you call loyalty isn't real. <laughs> like, the way traded, that you're presenting. almost traded Tony Parker and Manu for, uh, for Jason for Kidd. Jason Kidd. Yeah. So, I mean, like, you have to understand this is a business. We got lucky for a long time, but you should not misplace. Like, like there was a whole contingent in San Antonio while I was like, well, not while I was there because I wasn't living there anymore. But, you know, I'm going back home. Yeah, home is home. Built Not Bought was on billboards, which was like an anti-Miami Heat billboard, an idea and slogan. And it was the stupidest thing ever. Like, I never I understood why people did it. I don't understand the willful ignorance Y'all better, y'all better have, get back, George Hill. Man, bless his heart. Like, right, like, <laughs> I don't want to get rid of that guy, but he saw what he had. So, no, um, it, it sucks as a fan when your best player leaves, but holding it against them is, I mean, anti-black at, at the least. <laughs> but, like, anti-worker, like, at the most. Um, But, okay, so so I got my hurt out of the way. Let's get your hurt out of the way. You're going to pick my hurt for me, all right? I'm going to pick it, for sure. That's good. That's good to hear. What if the Falcons run the ball? It got really quiet. No, and the thing is, like I've come, I've come a lot to grips. Like it's, and the thing is, like in retrospect, it's tougher on Falcons fans than people think it is, because not only did it happen, it was the crushing, inevitable, existential fact of the certitude that you will never go back to the Super Bowl. Like knowing that in your bones that you'll never go back. Yeah, but that um, was it. Like it's not just that they lost; it's that this will never happen again. <laughs> like I have no. There's not a a, 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 a a morsel of my body, an inch of my soul that says the Atlanta Falcons will make a Super Bowl game in my lifetime. I am 34 years old. You know, like you got to Dang, see. I've got two. I've got two in my lifetime. It's a wrap. Yeah. I was, uh, you know, a baby um, when Washington won two Super Bowls. But I lived in... DC at the time, and so like I do remember. You remember being, this is a glow. Like, I remember when the I remember when the Braves won. I was like nine. I remember when the yeah. Braves won. Yeah, my my, my grand my grandfather, uh, my late grandfather, has like in his den has like all these you know Washington plaques and mugs and jerseys, and it's the coolest thing. First place I saw a porno, matter of fact, but that's neither here nor there. Oh, um, But yeah. Neither here. It does explain VHS. a lot. Fantastic. Yeah, right? Um, Which, it's funny, my, there's a revolving room next to the laundry room for my uncles to stay in. Uh, But yeah, so it's so a fun times there, but I vaguely remember like them being good, and I'm spoiled with, um, you know, my college and, you know, uh, being a San Antonio fan. So I've been there, but yeah, I remember like the early days and, but I also like feel like Washington's never getting back there. So I'm like, yeah, I, it was, it was a good run. It was fun. Um, I can hold on to that. Now yeah, I do, I do appreciate you calling them the team. I, the same way I call them on my show. Yeah, for sure. I, I just, I'm not, I don't, I never say, I never call someone out when they do the other thing, but I always appreciate it when they do that thing. So absolutely. Thanks. Absolutely. You know, you get a bit more information and you're like, you know what? I want to carry it. It's not worth right it. Right. It's just not worth it. Not at all. Um, so, so here's one. And not that I don't think you don't know where I'm coming from, but if I need to qualify, let me know. What if Jeremy Lane does not break his leg in the Super Bowl? Man, 
I, I really think that like I, a lot of people put blame on not running the ball at the one. I think that if the the Seahawks third corner slash nickel is in the game, I don't see how they win that game. I don't see how the Patriots beat them because I think that even okay, Tom okay. Brady, you say that, you know, but you don't get rich betting against Tom Brady. You, you know what, Palm? Like, <laughs> as much as I've talked shit about Tom Brady, and, and jokes are my thing, right? right? The way he was stepping up in the pocket to throw that ball, like, it looked like they were bearing down on him. Nothing could have stopped him. Two steps forward, and he was launching that bitch. It was when amazing. He, when, he, when he gets locked in in that way, it's just like, oh, okay, so this, so he's a serial killer. Oh, okay, cool. So I didn't realize that you guys had Jason on your fucking center. I didn't realize that. It doesn't happen all the time. But when he needs it, he's like, it, it's like if Jordan had like a NOS button, and that's what. Except he kept his push all the time. Yeah. That's what Brady does because he can't do that for football. Just like, it'd be too exhausting. But when it was he amazing. needs it, he's like, "All right, I set the fastball." Yeah, I, I think that it's weird that you know Russell Wilson was essentially not that he's not going to the Hall of Fame because he's definitely carried like a bunch of. Seasons. Pete Carroll owes an entire – Pete Carroll's going to the Hall of Fame. He's going to the Hall of Fame because Russell Wilson was his quarterback. For sure, for sure. <laughs> I, very clear. You know, you know, it's funny, optics. So, you know, um, when I was a junior and a senior, I lived in the same building as Earl Thomas. And so I used to see him, like, all the time. And I ran into him again, uh, I think, last summer. Um, I was, like, reffing a flag league, and he came out. And, you know, you go to a school that at the time is, like, 1%, 2% black. You see a guy, you know a guy, right? And he's right. like, the guys who run um, Gigi's Cupcakes are friends of mine. Um, so that's who? Uh, Brian Arakpo and Michael Griffin. Because my, okay. my buddy Twin is their third partner. So I run into those guys, right? And just looking at Earl Thomas – um, remember Earl Thomas was drafted over uh, Taylor Taylor Mays. Yes, and, yes, and Taylor yes. Mays looks like what you want your safety to look like, and Earl Thomas plays like what you want your safety to play like. What year and was so, this? Um, what, what year they were drafted? Yeah, uh, two thousand and nine. Okay, because so it was after the national championships in that draft. Oh. Hey, there you go. And, and it's funny. Their agent is my other college homeboy, David Mulligata. Um, just, go. oh God, yeah. But um, yeah. So looking at Earl Thomas, and of course Earl Thomas is like you know muscled up. He's a muscled up five eleven, but five right. eleven. Um, and just remembering that Pete Carroll basically owes his career to those two guys. <laughs> like, yeah. and it's Cam Chancellor, you're Michael Bennett, um, you're Malcolm Jenkins. Right? They're all great. There's other like, pieces, but those are the two pieces yeah. that we start here. For sure. Um, and, and I think that with everything that he did, yeah, man, like I don't blame again watching that entire game, knowing all the things that happened. I'm not that you should have ran the ball guy, even though it probably would have worked. I know, no, that's what I'm saying. I do think it was the right call, but I'm also like, man, the totality of everything that happened, like it was I'm just willing, I'm willing to allow that there are more variables in a football game than even like you or I know. I'm also willing to allow that, man, I'm allowed to say she was dumb. Yeah. <laughs> I'm like, hey, man. Yeah. It's right. not like you had fucking Sisters of the Poor behind you. It's Marshawn fucking lunch. Yeah. Hey, Marshawn, I need three feet. Yeah. When you say yard, it sounds far. Say three feet. I need yeah. three feet. I need a toddler. I need you to move this football a toddler. Can you do that for me, Marshawn? And he would say, hey, no problem, boss. Got it, boss. <laughs> 
All right, so let's let's go go a bit further back. All right. What if in with a lack of training, uh, and I say this because I watched Boomerang today because it's a Sunday where time doesn't exist. No, it doesn't. Let's say with a lack of training, um, with the wrong people around you, maybe with some drugs in your system. What if Mike Tyson beats Buster Douglas? Nothing. We everything. How much is Buster Douglas's? How much has the loss actually affected Mike Tyson today? Okay. All right, because there was when he came back, what two years later? You yeah. say, yeah. Everything else still happens. Yeah, I, I think that if he, even if he wins that fight, I think the next loss is probably bad. Like, yeah, a that loss probably came along at the right time. That Tyson, that Tyson in that era, a loss is coming, kids. Yeah, Here, here's a weird one. I um, didn't say that. Like, if right. Mr. Tyson hears this, I'm just saying, like statistically speaking. When you add in the variables of the various outside influences you had in your life at the time, sir, I'm saying that, statistically speaking, any one of those people could have gotten you. Buster Douglas wasn't special. Please don't hurt me. Yeah, I I watched. There was a video of him like two days ago training. Look, I don't want any part of this. I don't want I don't want the wisps of the smoke. I don't want (laughs) a candle that resembles the smoke. I don't want anything to do with that. No, no, thank you. And, and at no point in my life, there are some things where I see people do shit. I'm like, man, when I put when I was a football player in shape, I whooped up. There's not one point in my life where that would have gone any differently. Yeah, no. Um, there's, I think boxing is that one thing that you look at, and and I say that you look at, that I look at, that I'm like, man, I wish I would have learned to do that that way. It just looks. I look fun. at it. I'm like, wow, that looks ter- that looks horrible. I, I have the exact <laughs> opposite reaction. Like, wow, imagine letting someone hit. Imagine I want to do it without getting touched in the face. Imagine <laughs> you letting someone hit me in the face and not losing my shit. Okay. Oh my yeah, yeah, remember, yeah. I was a high school wrestler. Yeah. So like wrestling, like there are parts of the where I'm like, I get it, I get it, I get it. Then they start elbowing motherfuckers. I'm like, all right, watch it. Like, Please no. <laughs> uh, that's a fish hook. I'm fish hooking you back, and like I'm going for the eyes. Like we're we're fighting now. Okay. All right. So so let's let's go here. Talking right. about getting hit, right? What? And these are two I want to kind of throw at you at the same time. Actually, three. Um, because one worked out pretty well for the guy, but I wonder what you think about it. So three guys. What if Grant Hill, Penny Hardaway, and Sean Livingston never get hurt? Sean Lewis's career is actually shorter. Yeah. I yeah. think that he was a mid-bench guy at the time. He was going to play his way out of the league. I was watching. That was a national game, wasn't it? Yeah. It was like an early Clippers game for some reason. Because I remember watching it happen. Mm. Um, the second one's the second one, the hardest one I'll do. And really, really quick. And but, I don't like, like, when they say point guard of the future, it's no, so hit or miss. Like, it's, it's just like, hey, good. It's like, it's, you know what it is? It's the baby Jordan. Yeah. You call someone baby Jordan, like, who, buddy? You better love to it. Yeah. I will never know your name again. I think that, like, like he was, I mean, who knows how good he was at the time? Because he wasn't doing anything at the time. But as a person with quote-unquote, point guard of the future potential, um, there's no better landing place than 
backup guard on a team that scores a million points that you just had to shoot twos on in not I'm not even gonna say garbage time, but be the change you had of pace. To play guy. Good second unit defense. Yeah, man. And you had to be able to make sure the offense still moved when the guys weren't in. Yeah, good, good on it. him. Yeah, good on him for recovering. Landed in a fantastic spot. Fantastic I don't think he spot. Yeah, for sure. I just don't know how it was trending when it happened. Um, Grant Hill, I think it's interesting. Because you can posit that they almost got Tim. So a healthy Grant Hill lands someone else in Orlando. Yeah. And we're talking about like a post-Jordan East and it's, I mean, it's not the, it's not the strongest. I think they could have done something. I think that Iverson, I'm a, I'm an Iverson fan, like just, just who I am. It's just part of my soul. Really quick, uh, I was, I was just explaining to somebody like, Alan, why don't you like lifting weights, man? They're heavy. I love it. Oh I, What do you want from me? That's the it's right the answer. Best thing in the world. He, des- like, he described weights to you. What's the problem with weights? The actual premise. Done. I love it. Um, Done. Just yeah, but but yeah, you got it. Yeah. Um, <laughs> I think that they become like a, a contender, and the the thing is that, <sighs> but then they never get Dwight probably. Yeah. Which is a whole lot of more interesting because maybe if you get Dwight out of the southeast, it doesn't get as bad as it does. Uh, really, really quick sidebar: What do you say to people who say that Dwight Howard is not a first ballot Hall of Famer? I say, oh, I didn't know you hated basketball. There you go. <laughs> I imagine you watch hockey as in you're just dipping your toe in here and listening to opinions. Dwight Howard, I'm not doing I'm not gonna give you the full rant. Dwight Howard is a first bout Hall of Famer. The the conversation is stupid. Dwight Howard led the NBA in rebounding with a torn fucking labrum. Yeah. He was soft in those Lakers teams. Go read a box score. Yeah, I mean, my, my whole thing is, like, for a society that praises cornballs, like, for a a society that watches... I'm not going to defend the cornball in this. Yeah. I can't. Def- There's a lot of stuff I can't defend with Dwight. I can defend the on the court. Well, sure. But, but like, for a society that, like, worships a show like Big Bang Theory, how dare you not like cornballs? Like... There's only five people that watch Big Bang Theory. Uh, well, I've got I certain theories about like CBS buying viewers. <laughs> I don't... I, I talk to a lot of people. Um, I imagine if I turned 45 and start finding Mark Harmon delightful, just shoot me in the face. How about that? I, I, I hate all those shows. but I, would, it's not no, about, watch, I, I don't know to hate them. I just, they don't exist to me. I've seen, I, I, I swear, two times, right? One time I was watching, I think I was watching Seinfeld. Like Either it was coming on or it was going off. And like Friends was on. And I sat there and looked at the TV for a half hour and was like, hey, this isn't funny. And she sat there with a straight face. Like, there's a market for things that aren't for me, I guess. I don't know why. My little brother loves friends. I don't get it. And I've tried. I'm like, I don't don't get it. It's not funny. Well, you went to to school, like, roughly. Like, how how far did you go to school from where they say that show happened? Oh, (laughs) Manhattan's bigger than you think. Um, No, no, for sure. But what I'm saying is when you look at a show and they sit in a coffee shop and it's like five white people and no other people ever show up, I just feel like it turns you off. There's not a black person in the background. Yeah, no. There's no black extras. Late in the game. Aisha Tyler's the greatest six man in the history of white television. 
Um, <laughs> but yeah, it's just she's been floating Archer for seven seasons. Ter- well, <laughs> yeah, she fucking smashes that. Um, boy, I got my girl so- to start watching Archer over this break, over this quarantine. Yeah, she loves Archer now. It's, awesome. oh. um, it's hilarious. But yeah, I, I think that it's it, it's a hard show to watch. In like, it's hard to binge. But the thing is, it wasn't for her because then she's like, "Oh, the, now the later jokes make more sense." There we go. Okay, because because you were watching it without, you know, she you would like, do, I don't care like, if you've you seen it or not. Them? I'm okay. going to keep watching this. Exactly. <laughs> I dig it. Um, okay, okay. Um, so so we're still on Grand Hill, and Great. then um, who do we say was the Penny. last one? There we go, Penny. Okay. That, that's my favorite player growing up. Like we have the same birthday. Like I was. I was tall for my age at a certain point. I was like, I could be a tall point guard. Like I thought I could be Penny Hardaway. Like that's people. I'm Jordan. I was Penny Hardaway. And it's so sad to say this, but you say, what if his injury didn't happen? And you have to answer with which one. Yeah. Everything broke bad for Penny. Mm -hmm. Everything broke bad. If everything breaks right, Magic Johnson, that's the ceiling. And I'm not kidding. Because if you get healthy, Penny, and if you can give in Shaq to stay in Orlando, that's Lakers East. That's what they wanted. That was the idea. Yeah, just um, Chuck, like oh man, if you get Chuck Daly, it, yeah, I have the, the the like biggest misses in my lifetime. That's one of them. Is that that mid nineties Magic team? What happens if Shaq and Kobe don't break up until oh wait? They were done winning titles together. You think that was a wrap? Yeah. A wrap. I, I think, like again, being a San Antonio fan, as good as those teams were, like <clears throat> the more the more we've heard about it, it was it was more than inevitable. Yeah, it was like Kobe and Buss's office demanding a trade to the Clippers if they didn't get rid of Shaq. Like it wasn't like what if they they worked it out? Then we've done this exact same dance every year. You build no continuity in this constant turmoil. Like this, Phil wasn't coming back to that shit. I, I've been uh, I've been told to read his book about that last season with Kobe because he just savages Kobe. And then you remember he went back and co- coached him for three more rings. Like it's like it's it's insane. Like the Lakers story is really kind of a singularly crazy one over the course of our lifetimes. Here's an old one, <laughs> and I don't even know if <clears throat> it, it's funny. I remember this more because of Curb than actual sports. What if Buckner doesn't miss the grounder? I imagine that there are happier people earlier in Boston, but does that mean they're more insufferable earlier? Like, because if there's one thing that's happened since 2003, it's that we can all agree Boston and the people from there <laughs> fornicate themselves with the stick, and. More than made up for it. More, More than, than made up, up for like 80 years of 80 years of pain. Nah, most of you weren't alive that long. Everyone relax. Secondly, it's not pain, it's baseball. Um, it's interesting because it's the same problem that befell college football that I talked about with Felder on my show today. The nationalization of the sport kind of took away with some of the specialness. With college football, the only thing that matters now is the national title. Meanwhile, winning the Big 12 used to fucking matter to people. Oh my goodness. And so now when you make baseball national and you made the only story of the Boston Red Sox, you end up losing what's special about baseball and the fact that the local ties are what make it important. So when you the national story is one group of losers who turn into be <clears throat> as big a loser as we thought they were in the outset, then it's hard for me to say, oh, you know, 
maybe they should have won it earlier. Fuck them. Like, fuck them. Like, I don't care. Like, and the same thing with the Brady. Like, I don't know. I'm in a bad place with Boston right now because a lot of the finding <laughs> about Brady. I got to enjoy Brady leaving Boston for about seven hours because for seven hours he was gone and no one knew where he was going. And then ended up in Tampa Bay where that mass, that asshole's offense is designed to thrive on seven to 21 yard passes. And who's the most accurate passer in the league last year in that range? Tom Brady. He. James Winston threw the most touchdowns in that offense. Imagine what Tom Brady does in that offense. Tom Brady has two eyes that work. So, bruh, like, that, bruh, everybody's like, Gronkowski, he had OJ Howard. What yeah. are we doing? Yeah. Mike Evans just hanging out in the cut. Chilling. Um, yeah. They just need to find a 5'10 white guy um, who can bench 345. No, and Julian Edelman crying like a motherfucker. Man, Jared <laughs> is not, imagine you knew someone who only watched college football and they watched just Auburn play and you had to explain to them that Jared Stidham's going to start next year and Cam Newton's unemployed. Oh, my goodness. Um, <laughs> like, uh, it, it hurts. Um, so last one before we get out of here. Um, and here's a fantastic what if. Um, because this person actually did better after getting hurt. Um, they became bigger than they ever would. Um, then you'd ever think they would. What if Steve Austin never breaks his neck? That's a great question. And I've always kind of wrestled with that one. Is that, um, is, was that a pun? It was not intended, but it happened. I'm going to live in it. I want you to drink that in, listeners. It's my first time here, five minutes notice, and drink that pun in. Um, it, it was such a crowded scene because he's in the mid-card. Then. It's an icy title match where he breaks the neck. What it did was it allowed Rocky to catch up. Yeah. It allowed Rocky to catch up for them to ascend together. And... It probably, honestly, made Austin matches more accessible going forward because his style afterwards is so limited that it became the uh, what is something that made people comfortable normally. I'm gonna say like a nice tall glass of whiskey, but that's because I'm, I'm an alcoholic. Um, right. right, like this should calm your nerves. Anyway, it's a nice tall glass of whiskey after a long day. It is – you can slip your, your your feet in the slippers and it's always comfortable. Steve Austin going to come out here. He's going to throw a bunch of like pretty good to semi-good worked punches. He's going to take a hell of a beating. He's probably going to get a blade job. And he's going to come back and throw some sunners at the end and catch some beers and drink. And that's okay. And that's why, like we talked about earlier, wrestling's not about the moves. It's about what it makes you feel. Can I prove to you that Prince is the greatest guitarist of all time? No, I can't. Can I tell you, can I answer the question back, though? How did he make you feel? I mean, if you actually, and you shouldn't do it, but if you had, like, uh, a PKE meter to test panties at the end of the concert, that would, like, mathematically make you right, but they haven't made that yet. I have a DJ friend who refuses to play Prince in the first hour of any set. He says it's fucking cheating. Because <laughs> I want to earn this. For sure. Um, and just to throw throw something in there, I think that, you know, if if you're a person who just grew up on Attitude Era Wrestling, oh, you should watch Steve Austin in WCW. So um, He was like... I think that The Rock is an underrated athlete as far as wrestling goes, but Steve Austin is one of 
the most gifted heavyweights I've ever seen. Like the way he moved was different. Go watch some Hollywood blondes. Go watch some Austin Steamboat. Like and part Austin of it's and just, part of it's the age that came with experience. Yeah. But giving him fewer colors to paint with allowed his paintings to get more beautiful. Yeah. If that makes any sense. When his when his Arsenal got when his Arsenal got limited, like he still. The storytelling is still there. The instincts are still there. It's just his body wouldn't let him do it, so he had to find ways to work around it. So I really enjoyed that. I want to give one to you before we get out of here. Mm-hmm. What if WCW doesn't botch the finish of Starcade 97? Ooh. What if they um, take that landing, like go full babyface ending? You and know. Then they cut, and then they end the NWO the next, the next Monday Night on Raw. And, and oh man! What if man. there was some? What I'm asking is, what if there was some fucking restraint shown at any point? Ah, oh, oh, yeah. Again, Palm from Atlanta. <laughs> recording in Decatur, Georgia. Decatur is greater. Please believe it. Yeah, He's man. Cyber um, writer. I mean, my thing is, like, as hard of a time as I give Sting, like Sting was the top baby face in the world at that point, and everybody wanted to see that go the right way, and you bring in a, a Bret Hart who has been wronged, and this audience you is supposed to appreciate that, him. Like, <laughs> like, you can do Bret, just make the, if the fast counts be fast, like, oh man, I would yeah. have him over clean as a fucking sheet after a year of not wrestling. I thought, look, you want to talk about Eric Bischoff and kind of a blowhard? You say this, he had the white hottest baby face in the world and he didn't yeah. set foot in a ring. Yeah. Zero yeah. match. Zero uh, punches on the bump card. Your heels have to understand that so much of what they do is tied to them showing ass and losing. And the guy you had as the biggest heel didn't understand that. And things went the way they did because of it. Um, I think that you know, for, for as much like guff as we give a guy like Brock Lesnar, when it's time to do what he's supposed to do, he does it. And, and understand like that. a million bucks. I rewatched Brock Brian the other day. He oh. sells the yes lock like it's fucking oh. a, 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 a rack of nails. It's amazing. If there are three matches that you would show at Brock's Hall of Fame uh, induction. Of the last five years, uh, well, one of them would have to be the Rollins triple threat because my God, it's did the best Rollins? Ever that, 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 well, ooh, I would I'm say I'm willing to die on that hill at this point. I'd say Vengeance, um, Rock, Angle, Taker, but as far as singular performance in a triple threat, Seth Rollins was he was everywhere, man. Everywhere. What a special performance! Um, but you know, Balor, Brian, Styles, boy, was Brock doing it. <laughs> like I oh he's special. Um but but to get with, to what you were saying, um if Hogan understood that things were bigger than Hogan and he could still be Hogan after, I think that company might still be in business. But like that's when you turn Hogan face. You do the yeah. real slow Hogan face turn where he turns the NBO where he doubts it all, they turn on him, and then Sting and he team against the NWO at Bash of the Beach. You recreate 96 two years later. God damn it, give me the pin. So WrestleMania 18. <laughs> like, yes. Ugh. Yeah, yeah. Some people get it right, some people don't. Um, Paul, I want to thank you so much uh, you, for jumping in here for me. Um, I really do appreciate it. Uh, again, Paul, tell them all Tell people all the places where they can find your fantastic work that I admittedly seek out and listen to and appreciate and enjoy. When you're not on it. Um, mm-hmm. I um, yeah, Thank you very much for having me on. I 
talk too much over the MTR network. I host multiple podcasts, including the Super Tuesday Recap Podcast, your favorite nerd television programming, including The Flash and Legends of Tomorrow. We do weekly recaps there. We also have a monthly pull list where we talk about things that we're reading in a mailbag where you can come right in and ask your questions about nerd culture. We also have the Character Corner podcast um, Cam mentioned earlier. It's a deep dive on your favorite comic book characters. Uh, we had a recent review say they've been doing that they just started listening to all the archives way back in 2015. So we've been doing this five years and I didn't even realize it. Uh, that's really cool. Uh, it's a fun way for you guys to learn about the characters we love and it's an excuse for us to reread great comics. I also host the Unanimous Decision Podcast, UD Pod. It is a sports destination for MTR Network. We're up every week, every Monday morning, taking you into your week and during the five-week Michael Jordan Last Dance documentary, we're doing Last Dance retrospectives dropping every Tuesday morning as well. Come enjoy the last three episodes of that Last Dance retrospective. We're going to be Nada this week, my father the next Next week and my wife Susan S. Palm um, on the final episode because going into this cam, she had never encountered Michael Jordan. She was aware he was a basketball player, and that's where her knowledge ended. So her take on the end of this is going to be fascinating. Is she still trying to figure out how he stays in the air lo- that long? Because yeah. I am again. She she she's accepted the athletic stuff. Now she's gone. Because Susan, if anyone's listening to the podcast, she's a crazy competitive, insane person. And so Michael Jordan's like speaking to her right now. Like right now she's like, I should know this my whole life. I can tear people's heads off and then get, get things done. I'm like, there's a downside. We need to watch five and six. So I'm excited to watch tonight so she can get a fuller picture of just who Michael Jeffrey Jordan is and why um, I say some of the things I have to say about him. I'm imagining Susan saying, I mean, okay, a migraine, but so. <laughs> That's closer to the truth than I'm sure. <laughs> Guys, it is the South Congress Podcast, episode 108. My name is Cameron. I want to thank my guest, my very favorite podcaster, D Palm, for being on this week. Um, we'll be back next week, um, I think, with a with a brand new guest letting us know how they're adjusting to the new normal. Um, again, South Congress Podcast, episode 108. My name is Cameron, and we're out. Want to support the show? Want a specific topic, comic, show, or movie discussed? Supporting the South Congress podcast on Patreon allows you to dictate the conversation. Visit patreon.com slash Seahawk for details on how you can support and guide the show.